0: welcome aboard today. Dave Therrien here with you. New Hope Radio. Love spending this time with you. Monday through Friday. Don't forget. Oh, yes. We're also on the Hope Club podcast. You can find that podcast anywhere. It's God's Word on Demand. What's so great about it? You know, drive time on the way to work, on the way home, driving around, running errands, uh, sitting at home, having lunch. But on the podcast, nothing like getting the Word of God on a regular basis, and don't forget, 28 minutes, I mean, come on, it's not a long time, but it can make a big difference in your life. Well, we're in a series, we're going through the Gospel of Mark, and we're walking with Jesus through Mark, highlighting the words in red, the things that Jesus said. Because I want us to really get a look at his heart. Whatever someone says, those are the things that are important to them. And so it was with Jesus. So we've been walking with him, studying the things that he said. And you know, he, he addresses, oh, that's I, so why I like today's too. I like every day's, but he addresses things that. We can relate to. He addresses things that are part of our everyday life. And that's what the Word of God does, doesn't it? Doesn't it meet us right in our everyday life? It really does. And if you give it a chance, if you not only listen to it, but believe it and then abide in it, oh, the difference that it'll make. It really was. So we get to Mark's Gospel, chapter 7. Every session we have a chapter. And we find three popular topics that Jesus mentions. Number one, he's going to talk about hypocrisy. Whoa. Then, number two, he's going to talk about parents. Are you parents? Listen up. And number three, he's going to talk about our speech. Okay? So I would say that these are three important aspects of the Christian way of life. Wouldn't you? Well, I would, whatever you think. I do. So let's take them one by one. Hypocrisy. Now, many people see sin as a hindrance to the Christian life, and it is. But I think there's something that could be even worse than sin, because sin is obvious, right? But this thing comes in the guise of righteousness, and that's why we call it hypocrisy. The word hypocrisy is the word Hupo kratos, and it means to put on a mask. We would call it today to be two-faced. Back in ancient Greek drama, an actor could play two roles. He'd have a stick with a face on it, and each side had a different face. So if he wanted to show he was happy, he put the face up in front of him, and a happy face would be there. And then if he was sad, he'd turn it around, and there'd be a sad face, and people could tell his emotions. So, that's the word, "hypocrites," is where we get the word hypocrite, or we call them to be two-faced. Okay? Now, Jesus warned people against hypocrisy or putting on a mask of righteousness to hide one's sinful behavior. And I just want to give you a heads up. See, God wants us to be real. And sometimes Christians, you know, people on the outside, they look at Christians and they don't see them as being real. You know, for some reason, I don't know why, but there are many believers that think they have to show a face of happiness all the time. Let me tell you, we're not happy all the time. I'm not. If you are, God bless you. But we're not happy all the time. But it's important to be real all the time. If you're happy, show it. If you're sad, show it. If you're worried, it's okay. Show it. Be real. Being real is a greater testimony than putting on a superficial happiness that is that just that superficial. Okay. So the world could call it hypocrisy. All right. God wants us to be real. So be real. Okay. So now in Mark chapter seven, the Pharisees noticed Jesus' disciples, they they don't miss a trick, do they? It's like whenever the disciples of Jesus do something, boom, there's some Pharisees watching. So they're eating, but, but they're not washing their hands before the meal. It was actually more of a ceremonial washing than hygienic. They weren't complaining because they had dirt under their fingernails. No, ceremonial hand washing began with the hands held up, fingers pointing to the sky, water poured down over them, beginning with the fingertips, and then the hands were reversed, fingers pointing down to the ground, more water poured over them, and now the person was ceremonially clean. To the scribes and the Pharisees, this was, oh, true religion. No wonder James would say later, in James one he he'd say, wait pure and undefiled religion and the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. (laughs) James didn't say, no, this is true religion, ceremonial washing. He said, no, true religion is taking care of people, the widows and the children, and not being worldly-minded. Not being, not feeding on the pods of the world. That's true religion. And he means religion in a positive sense, Christianity. So it seems like the Pharisees were like the liberal news media today, dedicated to seeking out the faults of others. They were always looking for the faults of Jesus and his disciples. So they asked Jesus why his disciples didn't wash before they ate. Hey, Jesus, why don't your disciples wash ceremonially before they eat. Now, in Jesus' answer, we're going to see a stark contrast between the Pharisees and scribes who saw religion as ritual, ceremonial, observing rules and regulations, and then the difference between Jesus and his disciples who saw religion as loving God and their fellow man, like many of you, Many of you that are listening right now, you know what your religion is? Loving God and loving your fellow man. And that's the way it should be. So in verse 6, Jesus answered their question, why don't your disciples wash? Here's what he said. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you, hypocrites. (laughs) So now he's quoting Isaiah. There were not only hypocrites in Isaiah's time. There's going to be hypocrites in the ages to come. There's always two-faced people, okay? So Jesus says, now he's going to quote Isaiah, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men, neglecting, now that was Isaiah. And then Jesus said, in neglecting the commandments of God, you hold the traditions of men higher. Wow. They neglected what God had said, and they held on a higher level the traditions of men. See, many of their laws for washing were traditions. They were like human additions to what God had said. They expanded on what God had given. You know, God gave ten rules, right? Ten commandments. That's all. It's like, okay, if you do these ten, you're doing okay. You know what they did? They added 300. They added 300 to God's 10. And Jesus came on the scene, and he reduced it down to two. Down to two. Because he wants to make it simple and enjoyable. And what were the two? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's number one. And number two, love your neighbor as yourself. And in doing these two, you have fulfilled the whole law, he said. So God started with 10, the Pharisees added 300, and Jesus brought it back down to two. What's he saying? That he wants our relationship with God to be real, to be simple, to be fruitful, to be enjoyable. We're not jumping through spiritual hopes, trying to get a biscuit, like when you teach your dog to do a trick. He wants relationship. That's all. So Jesus talks about hypocrisy, people that are not real with God, and they place the commandments of men or the traditions of men above the commands of God. And we see that in the church today, too, that there are churches that congregations are forbidden to go to movies, to wear certain clothing, to... Frequent certain places. Let me tell you something. If I tried that at my church, they say, "Take a hike." Because <laughs> you know, people are taught. Here's what the Word of God says. Now you make your own choices. It's not the pastor's job to control people. It's not his job to to to, to mandate how they are to live a certain lifestyle. It's his job to present the truth. And like Moses said, "I place before you life and death. Choose life that you may live." I I place before you the blessing and the curse. Choose the blessing that you may live. But that's the job of the pastor. Not to mandate or control, but to present the good news. And then the free will of man does what he chooses to do. Okay? If not, you have hypocrisy. Because you're not living from the heart. You're living from the flesh instead of living from the heart. Okay. Number two, Jesus talks about parents. He said in verse 9 of Mark 7, you are experts at setting aside the commandment of God in order to keep your traditions. Now, he's still on the same wavelength, but it's a different topic. He's going from ritual washing to taking care of your parents. See, their man-made traditions were additions to the law. But by creating their own traditions, they laid aside the Word of God. So Jesus said in verse 10, again quoting Moses and the, one of the Ten Commandments, he said, "For Moses said, honor your father and your mother." That's the fifth commandment, first given Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. In Ephesians cha- chapter 6 verse two, Paul wrote that this is the first commandment with a promise. Oh, what's that a promise of? Long life. The promise being that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So there's a a connection between honoring your mother and father and having a long, prosperous life. He who speaks evil of father and mother, uh uh-oh, is to be put to death. Man, how would that look today, huh? That would straighten out some households, I'll tell you. Got a lot of kids talking back to their parents, especially their moms. Shame on you if you talk back to your mother or your father. I remember one time I said a bad word when I was about eight years old. My father heard me. I think it was, they made me go to bed early. I wanted to stay up and watch a show. They said, no, you got school, got to go to bed. And I laid in bed and I yelled out a word. And my father heard it. And I heard footsteps. Footsteps dragged me out of bed into the bathroom. I never realized how bad a bar of ivory soap tasted. It was nasty. I thought I was going to die. But you know what? Never said it again. <laughs> Not for 20 years anyway. So, well, see, that was good. That struck fear in me. And it's like, okay, I get the message. <laughs> so I'm glad he didn't kill me. But a bar of soap in my mouth, that, that did the trick, right? And, and you know, there needs to be discipline in the home. So how do they break the commandment? This is how they taught people to dishonor their father and mother. Verse 11, Jesus said, But you say, if a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have that would help you, is Corbin? Corbin means given to God. If something is Corbin, it means that which is promised to God, it's sanctified. So let's say uh, a man had some money in savings, and he said, this is Corbin, I'm going to give it to God. And then his mother and father fell on hard times, and they couldn't buy food, or they couldn't buy their rent. Jesus is saying, listen, don't say it's Corbin. And let your parents suffer. You take what they need and you give it to them. Okay? That's what you do. That's pure religion. Corbin means you can't use it for anything else. And the, the, the Pharisees are like, yeah, man, you gotta give it to us. And Jesus said, no, no. You take care of the needs of your parents. Jesus said in verse 12, you Pharisees, you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. And you do many things such as that. See, that was a tradition. They made it up. They said, if you've got something that you're going to give to God and your parents need it, you can't give it to them. Jesus said, that's wrong. You honor your father and your mother. That Corbin stuff, that's something you made up. William Barclay said, Jesus was attacking a system which put rules and regulations before the claim of human need. That's right. So the commandment of God was that the claim of human love should come first. And I believe that. You know, we have responsibilities in life. And you don't give to God. And you don't give to your church if you can't put food on the table. You have to take care of your natural responsibilities first. You make sure your kids have clothing. You make sure they have food. You make sure they have medicine. You make sure they have everything they need and not be so hyper-spiritual, oh, we're going to give to God. And the kids have no socks and holes in their shoes, and they're living on peanut butter, and they don't even have jelly. To go with it. That is an affront to God. And so it is with our parents. We need to take care of the needs of our parents. So the scribes, they said the rules and regulations should come first. Jesus said, no, people come first. So I ask you, what's the benefit of a religion that doesn't help your fellow man, or doesn't help your parents or those in need? There's a lot of religions in the world that offer no benefit to people. What good are those religions? Zero. They're no good. When Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan, the whole point was that who was my neighbor? The guy in need. Whoever in my life is in need, that's my neighbor. And I take care of them. I help them. So Jesus now turns their attention to what is, uh-oh, real defilement. He talks about speech. Jesus said, listen to me, all of you, and understand. In verse 15, he said, oh, there's nothing outside the man which can defile him, if it goes into him, but the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. Huh. Huh. So you can eat with dirty hands, and that won't defile you. But what comes out of you that's dirty, that'll defile you. Now, Jesus gets real practical, because it's all about how we affect other people. He says, what's worse than eating with dirty hands? Talking with a dirty mouth. Jesus says, that's worse. And when I say talking with a dirty mouth, I'm not necessarily talking about cursing and swearing. You know what I'm talking about? And I believe what Jesus is talking about. Speaking in a, <clears throat> in a degrading fashion. Saying things that are insulting. Unloving. Lying. Those are the things that speak from a dirty mouth. And you know why the mouth is dirty? Because the heart is dirty. Because that's where they come from. He said in verse 16, he's reminding us, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, are you listening? Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what Jesus is saying. Now, I think the disciples are somewhat confused concerning what Jesus said about what comes out of the mouth defiles the man. I wonder if sometimes the disciples just frustrated Jesus. They were so hard at understanding what he was saying. So Jesus said in verse 18, Are you so lacking in understanding also? In other words, don't you guys get it? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from outside cannot defile him? Because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and then it's eliminated. You see, Jesus is saying, we live life from the heart. The disciples grew up with the Proverbs of Solomon and what the Proverbs say about the heart, so they should have understood. The heart is the place where we store God's Word, Proverbs 3.3. 3. The heart is the place where we trust God, Proverbs 3.5. The heart should be protected, Proverbs 4.23. The heart is also the place of envy, Proverbs 23.17. And it's the heart that we give to God. Proverbs twenty three twenty six, So therefore, we live life from the heart. Every outward act is preceded by an inward choice. Everything that comes out of us, whether it's a word or a deed, it comes from the heart. That's why Jesus said in verse 20, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles him. For from within... Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. Wow! All these evil things proceed from within, and they defile the man. And the word defile, it means pollute. So we have a heart problem. When you have a mouth problem, it's because you have a heart problem. That's the origin of the problem. Putting duct tape on your mouth doesn't change the condition of your heart. So Jesus left that place trying to escape notice, but that wasn't going to happen. A Gentile woman, a Syrophoenician woman came to him whose daughter had an unclean spirit and a demon asked Jesus. She had a, a demon. And she asked Jesus to cast it out. And after a few times of not answering her, Jesus gave what sounded like a stern answer. He said, hey, let the children be satisfied first. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Wow! She called, he called her a dog, a Gentile dog. But she said, hey, even the dogs get the crumbs from the table. And Jesus said, because of this answer, go. The demon has gone out of your brother, of your, of your daughter. It makes you wonder sometimes how Jesus challenges our faith. Are you ready to be challenged in your faith? So the woman left, and she got home. She found her daughter healed. Wow. So Jesus left there, and they brought to him a man who was deaf and had trouble speaking. He put his fingers into his ears and touched the man's tongue with his spit. And Jesus looked up to heaven and said, "Ephatha," that is, be opened. And the man could hear and speak. And the crowd said about Jesus, oh, he has done all things well. That's a good testimony when serving God, when other people say he has done all things well. They say that about you. That's a good testimony. So let's go back and let's read just the words of Jesus. That's just what we're going to do. Just going to read Jesus' words. Try to let them go into your heart. Rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. As it is written, "This people honors me with their lips and their heart. It's far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. Neglecting the commandment of God, you hold to the traditions of men. You're experts at setting aside the commandments of God in order to keep your traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and mother. But you say... If a man says to his father or his mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corbin, that is given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother. as invalidating the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. And you do many things such as this. Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There's nothing outside the man which can defile him if it goes into him. But the things which proceed out of the man are what defile the man. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you so lacking in understanding also? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the man from the outside cannot defile him because it does not go into his heart, but into his stomach, and is eliminated? That which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man, for from within Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, fornications, thefts, murders, adulteries, deeds of coveting, wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things proceed from within and defile the man. Let the children be satisfied, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But because of this answer, the demon has gone out of your daughter. Ifafta, that is, be opened. It's interesting how the chapter ended with a man opening his ears. Jesus opened his ears, maybe showing everybody, you know what? We need to open our ears when Jesus talks. We need to open them really wide. (laughs) (laughs) wide open baby wide open hey next time we're together Jesus talks about oh this is challenging don't miss it saving and losing your life we'll be in Mark chapter 8 Jesus talks about saving and losing your life if you do one you'll get the other if you do the other you'll get the one Does that mean we'll have to listen to him tomorrow? Don't forget to join the Hope Club. Get a devotional in your email box Monday through Friday. Go to newhoperadio.live. Click the little menu bar. Read all about it. Join the Hope Club. We can work together. We'll bring you the Word of God. You help us to bring you the Word of God. That's how that works. And don't forget the Hope Club podcast podcast. Get it anywhere podcasts are found. Okay? And I want to remind you, you can watch our radio programs by going to newhopradio.live, clicking Facebook or YouTube. Do that next time we're on the air.